Yo, this locker room is the best. Uh, Mo, Mo Bonda came up to me uh, uh, after my first stretch uh, in the third quarter uh, and after halftime and said, you're a, excuse my language, you're a bad motherfucker. Um, you know, never forget that. You know, you're here for a reason. All the work you put in, uh, you know, you're competitive. Uh, you're a competitive dude, so go out and be yourself. Uh, you know, and that really resonated with me. When I got back in, uh, you know, I stayed confident in myself. Uh, went out there, tried to make winning plays, and you know that. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is Friday, November 19th. Just getting ready for the weekend, and we got a massive, massive win um, against the New York Knicks in uh, what now kind of feels like our home court, Madison Square Garden. What's up, Al? What's going on, man? Uh, we're going to talk today a little bit about that game and, and the past couple of games and how that looks like. We're going to jump really into talking about the um, updated rookie ladder and some movements that happened there. And then um, some pass and shoot, one of our favorite topics to go over in, in our podcast. But before we do that, um, and we're, we're going to kind of review the game against the Knicks in just a moment. But one of the things that stood out to me about that game was the, uh, the, the post-interview that Jalen Suggs um, had with with um, with Jeff and David, and obviously, if you heard it, you know there was a moment where uh, Jalen was asked, you know, what what was said to him in the locker room because it was there was a change that happened, and Jalen Suggs says that you know the locker room was was you know the locker room is the best. Mo Wagner came up to him, and you know, kind of reminded him that he's he's a he's a bad mother, <laughs> and. I'll be honest with you, man. When I when I was listening and I was watching, when I heard that, bells, alarms, everything was going <laughs> off. Because I'm like, whoa, did my man just say that on on live TV? Wearing wearing Disney on his chest as a member of the Orlando Magic? In my mind, I was just like, ooh, they not <laughs> PR ain't gonna like that. Man, this um, young guys don't care, man. Yeah, it's the second I, one so far we've had. Listen, listen, I, I want to know, like your your honest feedback. What what are your thoughts on that? Is it a big deal? Should we even care? Do you like it? Do you prefer without it? Like, what are, what are your initial thoughts on the interview? I mean, I think on the on the response, profanity uh, in a response. I like it because it shows they're comfortable being being upfront and honest with with our media team, right? Jeff and, and David and whoever else, uh, Mark, uh, Dante. So I think it just shows they're comfortable because man, like to, to drop that on national TV, they know. I mean, they, they go through little PR classes when they go through rookie rookie sessions and stuff, so they know what what to do and not to do in certain situations. Um, but I think the excitement is so much sometimes for them that it just comes out. So I think Jalen Sucks in particular had such a massive second half after having a horrible first half. I think you just naturally came out, um, and you'd like to see that. You like to see the the that honest side of the players that that your team your team has. So if you ask me, I'm okay with it. It's it just shows again the real side of who they are, and man, it happens. We we we're, we're people that work in corporate America, and sometimes we slip it uh, in certain situations. So I don't know about you, but for me, it's it's okay. It, let let it ride, dude. It's authentic, like. 
in the podcast i i keep it to a very minimum but outside of work i'll be honest i got a dirty mouth man it comes out <laughs> like way more often than it should and it's 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 real it's honest he's hyped they just got a big win against the knicks again in madison square garden like i i do not mind it at all i guess i i get the um the optics of it it's not it's not great kind of feel bad because it makes you know it makes <laughs> it, may, it makes their job a little a little harder because they really can't comment on it or they can't like it's just like an awkward silence it kind of felt like afterwards and i mean to to jalen sugg's defense he did kind of warn that it was coming like and i he heard did. it when he said you know excuse my language or excuse my french whatever the exact words he used um there was a warning that was there and I'm just like, oh man, he's he's about to say, you know, maybe might might say, you know, shit. Might say, I don't know. I the the F bomb I was not expecting whatsoever. And when I heard it, when I heard mother, I was like, whoa, like my wife was even listening to the interview <laughs> and she's like, Did he just say that on live TV? I'm like, Yes, he did. New era Orlando Magic basketball. But what I what I like about it or what I don't like is the fact that we've kind of you know, through and this is just over time. It's not really the fan base. It's it's more of the organization that they've really like. They've they've made the Orlando Magic so cookie cutter, so oh, yeah. clean image. Like everything needs to be perfect. Like everything needs to be relatable in in the terms of well, we can't offend the tourists that comes here because that's that's where we get a lot of the money from. Man, if this was said in LA, if this was said in Miami, if this was said in New York, no big deal. Not I'm even batting here. an eye. Yeah, it's not not even batting an eye. Like this is this is this is the town. This is the city. Like go somewhere with that. But here is a little different where people kind of view it, you know, not like that's that's kind of frowned upon. Like I can only imagine the conversations that were had afterward. Or I can only imagine what the team was saying to him afterwards. Like, what does the PR head person say to Jalen Suggs? Yo, you can't. What are you doing? You can't say that. <laughs> like, what? Can't. What are you gonna do? Suspend him? You gonna find him? The funny it, thing it is, that, it doesn't get to that point. But yeah, like the funny thing is, like he had a moment to catch himself, right? It's like, hey, listen, excuse my language. Like at that point, you say, you know what? Maybe not. Let me let me not say it. No, no, he let it go. Like he said it. He followed through with it. Um, and again, that, that to me was the funny part. So you, you had a moment to kind of, hey, let me not say this on national TV. No, he still said it. Cole, did the, the, Cole did the exact same thing. Like they they know that they're not supposed to do it <laughs> because he second guessed themselves before they do it. They warn the camera that it's happening and yet they just go full-blown arsenal and just let it out, which again, I, I am I am for it. Like I, I get where people can say, well, you know, my kids are watching. I get it. And uh, that's not it's not part of the basketball game. I get it. That's not fun though. Like you want you want these you want these dudes to be be themselves. And I feel like in that moment, you know, we got to see the real Jalen Suggs. And and when it comes to like I don't want to go too deep into it, but when it comes to profanity, like the way that I've always viewed profanity is that it's it just gives a little more it's a little more passion. In, in what you're saying it, sure. it creates a more color in in the picture that you're painting so i i'm i'm all for it i'm glad that it happened that was an entertaining 10 15 minutes you know afterwards i i hit you up and i hit a couple of buddies i was like yo Jalen suggs just said mother <laughs> effer on on live tv that's my guy 
you know. But at the same time, I, I see, I see why people don't like it, but I'm all for it. Listen again, it's worth it, and it's just showing magic. Even the the post game shows are now worth watching after the games, no matter what, because you never know what could happen. Must see TV, especially especially after a win, especially after Cole has a big game. But now we can see it may happen with RJ Hampton. It may happen with Jalen Sucks. You never know. So it's musty TV for sure. Yeah, for sure. So the game against the Knicks was definitely well needed. Um, since our last podcast, we had a, a loss against the Wizards, loss against Atlanta, and then a, a win over the Knicks. So in in reviewing this past week, um, what are what are some concerns and what are some things that you really enjoyed watching? Concerns for me, honestly, the offense, man. I know we we won yesterday. We, we scored 104. Atlanta, we scored 111. So you think, oh, man, we're scoring the ball well. But realistically, we, we go through this funks, man, that reminds me a little bit of when Clifford was here. That we would just go on this like seven, eight-minute stretch where we came by a shot. Against Washington, we started the game really, really well. I think we were up eight points. And then we went between the first quarter and the second quarter. We won like eight to nine minutes where we didn't score a single basket. By the time we reacted, we were down 15, 16 points. It was trying to play catch up the whole night. We never could. Atlanta, something similar. We were keeping up with them initially. We won a bad scoring stretch. We couldn't, we couldn't come back into the game. And then New York was a difference. Again, this team, unfortunately, it's similar to last year's team in the sense that when shots go down, we look awesome. And the team plays well. And we're, we're there. We're, we're, no matter who we're playing against, we're competing against them. Last night against the Knicks, we were hitting threes. We were making our layups. And, and, it, and it showed. The whole game, we were in it. Unfortunately, again, it hasn't been consistent. So for me, that's my main concern. We have to find a way to fix it. One thing that I did like this week, though, Terrence Strauss was aggressive. I know Terrence Strauss goes in this crazy stretches where he takes his really tough shots. And we're like, what are you doing? But sometimes they go in. And when they do go in, it means a lot to us. Because, again, we need everything we can get from him. Um, but if you look at the scores this week, Terrence Ross was aggressive. He took a lot of shots. He started taking three-pointers again. So he looked a little more like last year's Terrence Ross. And again, it's not always pretty, but when it is pretty, look what happened yesterday. 18, 19 points off the bench. It's a massive boost to our offense. Yeah. What what is it about like Madison Square Garden that that just makes everyone play so well there? Like, I don't know if it's the 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 energy, just everyone so hyped. Uh it's like they really took offense to the beating that we received against the Knicks the very first time around. And they really wanted to like come out swinging the first time that we played in Madison Square Garden. And the way that I view that game is kind of like, you know, we heard the reports afterwards. Julius Randle was feeling internally ill after that game. Yep. And it's like, well, what does he feel like now? Like, <laughs> now it must be even even brutal because you take a look at the Knicks and the Knicks are supposed to be a team where they're they're supposed to be playoff contention. They're yep. supposed to be like, you know, the a different Knickerbocker than, you know, people are used to seeing. And you know, the Orlando Magic, we just have their number. Now, what I would like to see is, you know, how how does that translate back home at, at Amway? Um, but we we talked about kind of like our predictions for for you know the the next three games, and and I would like to say take a moment that you know I was correct <laughs> in in the terms of you know the magic going away with that win. Um, but I really like what I saw and what I what I think that what stood out to me the most and um, you know, other people were saying the same thing, but it wasn't just one player that, that kind of held the fort down. It, mm -hmm. it was really a team collection. Um, you know, Terrence Ross was really quiet for a long period of time this season. And he's really only had, in my opinion, two really solid games and both coming against the Knicks in Madison square garden yep. had third, had 19 points um, 
off the bench. Was it 19? Hold on one second. Yeah, 19 points off the bench um, and really solid performances from Cole Anthony that almost had a triple-double. He was just three assists shy from that triple-double. Mo Bamba, solid game. Wendell, solid game. Franz Wagner, massive big-time dunk. Yeah. Two-handed jam, like it, it, it's. It, it, they were fun to watch, man. Fun to watch. What I've like, what I wanted to see more though, is we really only saw a performance off the bench from just Terrence Ross. Yeah, there was RJ no Hampton, support. Had one point. Uh, RJ Hampton had one point. Gary Harris had two points. Uh, now wait, wait, wait. I'm, Chuma, I'm gonna get... Chuma had Chuma had nine, so he supported. Chuma yeah. had a really solid game. Um, but you you want to see more, like you really want to see more. R.J. Hampton cannot have just one point. He can. We need that additional support. It just can't happen. Um, you know. But in regards to Chuma and Ross, you know they they definitely perform well. But you know who was big too last night in limited minutes. But uh, Mo Wagner, uh, the other Wagner brother, was was really really good. Uh, he had a couple of threes. He got some good rebounds, got some offensive fouls. So every time he steps in the game, I feel like he just brings that energy level a little a little bit higher for the team. When he's on the court, he's going to get on somebody's head of the, of the opposition. And that sometimes works against our favor, unfortunately. But last night it worked in our favor. Um, so I think he gets, he gets a, little, a little props here for me for the way that he played in limited minutes. Um, and that's massive because when you have Mo Bamba and Wendell, like last night, in foul trouble, you need somebody to step up. And he did that, again, in very limited minutes. Um, but Chuma finally looked comfortable. I feel like Chuma has been a step slow all season long so far, especially in the defensive end. People are walking right by him, which it's nothing like what we saw last year. He was very good defensively this year. People are literally driving right by him, which is a little surprising in his shot, which is understandable. Have, have a lot of shots been short when he shoots the three-point shots. That could still be him getting conditioning levels to where they need to be. Um, but he looked really good yesterday. And of course, Jalen Socks, our guy that we talked a lot so much already, but that second half was special. He was amazing defensively. He finally got a dunk. He's had the opportunity to do it like three or four times this season. And for some reason, he always loses the ball and kicks it out of bounds every single time. He finally finished it yesterday. And then that steal, I would like, I think it was a minute left. And right away, reacted to throw an alley-oop to Wendell Carter, yeah, who finished window. it. That was an amazing, amazing play. They were so, um, and they were so hyped about it also. Oh, I yeah. was hyped. I was hyped. It, that's a big difference for me this year, the bench reactions. They are legitimately like like an NBA team's bench reaction. Last year, it felt like some guys stood up, some guys cheered. But it wasn't quite there. Or in years past, I would say. This year, man, no matter what happens out there, an offensive foul for, for all that matters. And they are cheering the teammates on. I think mostly brought that in from Dallas. And, and they, you can see it, that that's a, a big shift uh, with our team. Yeah, I think I think the it, it's it's a big surprise, and we talked a, we talked a little bit about it um, in the beginning of the season. Like, what are our expectations um, for this team? And some of the guests that we had on, they all said pretty much the same thing. Like, you you want to be able to they they didn't see the magic making the play in, they didn't see the magic you know making the playoffs, but they do expect the magic to surprise people um, in certain games and and steal away um, you know some some wins against teams that you know people wouldn't expect them to win and the, beating the Knicks in Madison Square Garden is that and this is still just the tip of the iceberg man the the minute that these guys still become way more comfortable you know we we finally got to see a really really solid performance from um from Jalen Suggs and this is right after an injury where he he did miss a game there was um, a report that came out that almost said that uh, Jonathan Isaac and Mark Fultz are still working their way back in. 
and that they're on their rehab protocol currently. But like, just wait, wait for these dudes. The minute that you get Jonathan Isaac and Markel back, like their their impacts is going to be kind of hard to you right away because they they do have to get accustomed to the team. Um, you have to get readjusted, get comfortable back to playing. You know the speed of of NBA basketball. But you bring these guys in, and you're immediately improving the bench. Immediately oh, yeah. improving the bench, and I feel like this team needs that death um, because it's it's one of those things where you know there there's moments where you see that these players are tired. They they play a little sluggish, but man, they they got so much heart and they play with so much energy that they're for for. A while now, you know, this is probably the the first time that I really see and can't say that, man, we're we're fun to watch. And I think that other people are seeing that also. Yeah, I mean, but think about it. We're missing four rotation guys right now. Again, I think I said it last week, but when you have MCW, each one more, Faults, and JI, those are four guys that can't play minutes on any NBA team. I don't care what, what you bring to the table, whatever team, the Lakers, whoever it is, these guys will be getting minutes some way, somehow, especially when injuries happen. We don't have those guys right now. So that's a big, big hit on our depth. And whenever they are healthy, which hopefully, again, we don't know when that will be, but whenever that is, um, it will make us so much better. You won't see teams going at 18 to two run, 16 to two run, because guys can handle um, the other team's bench. You're going to have guys like possibly, I don't know, Jalen Suggs, uh, France, whoever it may be, coming off the bench now, helping that second unit, whereas right now we don't have that. Uh, and that's a huge, huge hit. But let me ask you this. We talked about positives. What about negatives? Because we also lost two games. The Wizards, which in my opinion, we should have won. I was really upset that we lost that game. Bradley Beal didn't play. We unfortunately couldn't pull that one off. And even Atlanta, we played well, but then we simply let out, they let that one slide. They went on a crazy big run. Um, but what about negatives with the team? What are you seeing out there with this Magic team that you're like, man, like we got to get something fixed quick on that particular area? I, I just feel like we can't just rely. I've, I So... Wendell has been playing, in my opinion, very, very consistent in every game. He's someone that you can definitely rely on. But I feel like there's moments where we just watch Cole Anthony. And we just kind of hope that Cole Anthony takes us to, you know, the gets this team to to win the ball game. And yeah. I feel like we the players in itself were relying too much on Cole Anthony. And I feel like he just needs help, man. And this is where we talked about getting supports from from the veteran. And we've obviously we haven't got that. But when we do get it, you know, we're 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 winning. Oh yeah. The the two major games that we've gotten from Terrence Ross were W's. And they were both against the Knicks, both in Madison Square Garden, which kind of makes me feel that's where he wants to go. But that's a different topic. <laughs> um, but that's 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 really the only thing that right now at this moment I would like to see more of is support from the veterans. We've talked about it before. Um, I I know Chumo Kiki just got back. I want to see more of his production. I want to be able to see him impact the game a lot more. Um, I really hope that RJ Hampton doesn't fall too far back. Um, my fear with him is that you know, I, I don't want him to lose the confidence that he had because at the end of last season, you know, he was rookie of the month. He ended the season that way. I want oh, you to still mean, uh, see RJ that. Hampton. What did I say? Sucks. <laughs> that's that sucks. Yeah, RJ Hampton. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really the the biggest thing. I just don't want people to stand around and just stare at at Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony's been doing amazing with us. He's been playing really, really well. And we're going to talk about more about his his performance and kind of where he ranks efficiently. But you know, he's he's we're relying too much on him, and I think Cole Anthony needs help. 
I agree with you. I think it's the secondary pieces that they need to really help out, especially guys like Chuma Okiki. I know I've bashed already enough Ross and Harris, but if I can point a finger right now, it'll be Chuma Okiki. I think he played so well. The second half of the season after the trace went down, he averaged like 16 points a game, eight rebounds. He showed us flashes, flashes of what we can do in the NBA level. And unfortunately, it feels like that has changed quite a bit. And I get it. He's getting back into shape and stuff, but he needs to pick it up because, again, he's a big piece with J.I. out or when J.I. comes back. He's a big piece of our forward rotation, and he needs to contribute. So I think the vets, we know that already. We talked about it. But I think I want Chuma to show us a little bit more as the season progresses and he, as he gets a little more acquainted to the team, the new coaching staff. Um, we knew it will take some time, but uh, we need that to happen a little bit quicker. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, you know, with Jalen Suggs also being out and missing um, one of the games, what were your thoughts on – you know, the team plugging in um, Gary Harris over RJ Hampton. Can I, can I do a simple uh, next question on that one? <laughs> we do a pass. No, nah, man, I think on uh, a serious note, um, we were talking about it uh, before we started recording, but I can't put my finger on what the issue is with Gary Harris. I really can't. Um, when we first traded for him, my thoughts were he can't be any worse than maybe a, you know, Evan Fournier role, like that, that role where he may drop 20 one night, but he may score two off the next or, or 10 and that'd be consistent. That's okay. At least do that for us for one year. But when I tell you this guy is averaging, I don't even know. I, I don't want to pull up the stats right now, but I just got to tell you, like, it's two points, three points, missing every three he's taking, missing every layup that he's, that he's attempting. Like, he's not looking like an NBA player right now. And maybe he's still hurt. I don't know. But then if that's the case, he shouldn't be on the court. Um, but he is getting plenty of minutes, more than RJ Hampton at this moment. And honestly, he hasn't earned it. Um, when Suggs went out with an injury, I really want to see RJ Hampton step up and be the starter because in my opinion, he's earned it. Um, instead, Gary got the call. And again, in my opinion, he didn't answer it against the Hawks. Um, he has his moments defensively where he looks great, but offensively, he has been a major, major liability out there. And as a shooting guard, you can't have that on your team. Yeah, it's it's surprising also because in the preseason, I was really confident that you know, he was going to be our, our starting two guards just to kind of balance the roster out um, with some, you know, veterans in there. And, you know, obviously maybe an injury um, kind of prevented, you know, a better performance on the court. Um, but you're right, man. It's it's definitely subpar. He's averaging five points a game, 1.5 assists, 1.6 rebounds, you know, shooting 36.1%, you know, field goal percentage and under 70% from the free throw line. So there's definitely a lot of concerns um, from that front, but you know it's it's hard to say whether it's the player or it's the the environment that he's put in. Um, and we we've we're going to talk a little bit more later about it in terms of you know the value of these players, um, but it, there's there's definitely questions because it's not it's not just him; it's also you know Terrence Ross. But Terrence Ross is still at least you know showing a little effort. Yeah, I kind of feel like we're missing that from Gary. Yeah, the, the thing for me with Ross is he's a threat on the court. Like you have to guard him. You have to be keep an eye where he's it. at, and that and that helps all the guys get open shots, get open lanes for layups because they have this attention being paid to that player. I feel like if I'm a, an NBA coach right now, I pay zero attention to Gary Harris because he hasn't earned my respect to guard him on the three point line. He's not finishing inside. He's not creating for others. So again, back to what I said earlier, like. Why is he on the court? I get it. He's a vet. we got to showcase his abilities and skills so we can possibly trade him. But I don't know, man. I just feel like there is a um, something missing with, with the way that he's playing. 
in what we saw in Denver, because in Denver, he was a really, really good player. And he had moments where he looked like a really solid starter in the NBA. Right now, we're talking about to see the serve to be in the rotation. It's crazy to me. Yeah, and to even think, like, this season, he's getting paid $20 million. Yep. This season, he's getting paid $20 mil. That's a lot of money. And we're not... We're not seeing that that value on the court, and I think that's the part that's that's tough because the contract that he received from Denver, you know, you you were giving it to a player that had high ceiling, so in that you know has has potential. And he's only twenty seven years old. He's going to be a strict. He's going to be a, a a free agent next season. Um, so what do you what do you do with him now? I mean, I know that there was those talks about um, some of the fan base were saying you know just cut him. This is obviously a player that, you know, you could use as value um, come closer to the trade deadline because there's no chance that he resigns with the Magic. Zero chance. I don't think so. Definitely not for that contract that he that he got originally. His original contract was, what, four-year, 84 mil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not, we're not coming close to that. Everyone was freaking out when we gave that contract to Evan Fournier. At least Evan Fournier was, like, doing work. People didn't like the work he was doing, but he was at least <laughs> doing work. He was impacting the game. And we're just not getting that from Gary Harris. Yeah, and the thing is that you would think he would be playing at a high level because he wants that contract, maybe not from the Magic, but from a different team. At this point, he's looking like Otto Porter to me. He's going to get a minimum contract with the Warriors, like the, the way that he did. Like, I don't see what team is going to give him $10 million right now, the way he's playing, let alone 15, 20. Um, so I don't know. I feel like he might be a vet, but he's 27 years old, man. I don't see how... He can go to a team, no matter what level of competition, a uh, championship contender or not. It, he should be again playing better basketball, unless he's had a lot of injuries recent years. Injuries caught up to him, and we just not realizing it, it, it. His his agent can easily paint a story. You know, he's he got traded to a team that you know decided to go young, develop young players, really didn't have an opportunity to to highlight his strengths because the focus were on young players. So, um, I I think there's there's. They, his his agent can use that story, but the Magic front office can can kind of use that story also when it comes True. to seeing what his trade value is around the trade deadline. So for those that were saying, you know, just just cut him, it's not nah nah. We're we're gonna we're gonna at least try and find a way to to utilize that in some type of value because we have too many young guys and not a whole lot of players that you know can really fill that you know fill the the money portion of of any business transaction i think if you're the magic though you try to make a trade asap if the, he continues to play the way he is december 15th usually the, the window when trading season kind of starts happening again you look to make that trade quick man because the longer this drags on and the more he plays the way he's playing the more window of time it gives teams to say hey he hasn't done it for you all season like why would we pay you premium price and the scary thing for me is does a team get him for a second round pick like that does nothing for us because we know our front office will turn around and trade that pick for nothing. So ideally we get something back from him, a young player, a future first, something. But then again, he makes so much money that it makes it really difficult as well. So it's a challenge no matter what. Yeah. And I'm, I'm taking a look real quick at, at the money. And I, I want to say he's our, our highest paid player. He is. I want to say, is he? Yeah. I'm taking a look. Jonathan Isaac, he just signed his um, contract extension around the, what was it, 80? Once it was 80, four-year 80 mil. Is that what that was? Yeah. Yep. I don't know. We just want to see more. 
and you you hope that at least the locker room side is is solid. Um, you know, we we even heard from you know Etwan Moore. Etwan Moore was was helping out with um, some of the younger guards and in, in their floater, um, impacting them that way. You know, you you kind of you want to hear those things out of you know your your, your vets, your Gary Harris, your Terrence Ross. Yeah, it's much needed. Again, these young guys can only do so much. They're still learning. They're still learning the NBA game at this point. They need the vets to be vets and, and help them out. That's all they can ask. Yeah, definitely. All right, we're going to get into our passer shoot. So uh, we were going to start that one off with Gary Harris, but we're going to we're gonna cross that off because I think we pretty much answered everything that we would say in this portion. But um, should should do you feel like Magic fans deserve an update on the injury rehab of Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz? I'm going to shoot a Steph Curry half-court shot on that one and definitely make it. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's I know it's a hot topic with the Magic losing, especially. This always comes up. The Magic lose two, three games in a row, and it comes right back up. What's going on, Markel? What's going on with J.I.? What, what, have we heard anything? So after that um, that loss against the Hawks, it was Magic Twitter was going at it, you know, asking for updates and what's going on. We deserve to know more. And I, I replied to someone simply saying, all we need is information. Like, we're not asking for a timeline. We're not asking for you to tell me he's going to be back December 25th. No, no, no. Just tell me what's going on. What's the outlook? Uh, I know they're recovering. But give me give me some information on how they're doing. What, what are they working on? Are they doing contact? Are they not? All we heard was, and all we continue to hear from Coach Mosley is, they're going through their rehab protocols, and everything's going well. Period. Same phrase every single time. And I think that... As a fan base, man, like, again, not for nothing, but here I am, myself and many others out there, buying season tickets, showing up to every game, supporting the team. It's hard to, you know, drop your heart and money on a team that you love and, and care for and just not get any updates. Like, we're paying this dude to run our team. I think we deserve some sort of explanation, updates. Give me something. Um, so, yeah, I think 100%. I, I, I agree with those fans that just simply want something. With, in regards to our top two players on our roster, I I see both sides. Like I see why the front office they they don't like to put a time frame on it because they don't want to rush. They don't want to force these players to feel a certain way about being forced to get on the court. That's that's kind of like the the main issues that occurred between Markel and Philadelphia, and and I I feel and I'm trying to think. You know how was it before? Um, maybe if it was the same with Jonathan Isaac or or any other scenario, but kind of feel like Mark Hill was one of the first ones that they said we're not going to put a time frame on it. We're going to put our arms around him and we're going to make sure that he feels welcome, that he feels you know at home, and and he knows that we're on his side. And I feel like that's really created a really good relationship between Mark Hill um, and the organization. With that said, dude, we've been waiting for a minute, like a long minute. Like there's guys coming back from injuries that were injured before them or after them and are back now. Everyone's injury is completely different. And I feel like some of it has to do I I, I feel like in the bubble, they realize that a mistake happened with Jonathan Isaac. Like they realized that we they brought him back too early because he only played a small handful amount of games and then he re-injured himself and we're kind of stuck here because of it. And I feel like with that group that we had, there was such a a need um, for Jonathan Isaac to to be on the floor that that kind of took priority a little bit. Um, and maybe maybe that's where it's kind of like, all right, 
If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. So a part of me is okay with us waiting this long. And at the same time, it's like nobody has an issue with waiting. Everyone understands why we're waiting. We want these guys to be able to come back, but come back for good and not have to worry about being injured later on. It's just nobody wants to be left in, in the dark. Like we want to have an expectation of where we should think. It's okay. Like, I don't understand why they're so so against saying, all right, we have a time frame of them being ready, hopefully by January. And if Jan- January comes and, you know, they feel like they're not ready, it's okay to set that time back. But people are, people want to know. Season ticket holders, they want, they want to know. That's part of the reason why they're investing and want to be able to see this team. Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, they're fun to watch, but we we know that a big part of this team is is J.I. and Markel. And I think that, you know, I the fans definitely deserve, the people definitely deserve the whole NBA organization from every team. I think it should be implemented that there has to be a communication to find out when your players are, are going to return. People are paying money to be able to see these guys. So I, I think so. I see both sides, but I definitely think that you know, fans definitely deserve because they're the ones that, you know, are, are feeding money into these organizations. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sports on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prices with their first deposit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TDPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So are you shooting or passing on it? I don't know. I'm both. <laughs> I'm shooting, but it's like a brick. But it's like an offensive rebound. Russell Westbrook 3? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of those that we get it back and we have another chance. So, so this is my thing, man. Like, So guys like Markel, I have no problem. If you tell me that you have no idea when Markel's coming back, I understand it. It's been 10 months, almost 11 months. Um, I understand it. The, the time frame is not there. Historically, torn ACL takes about a year, so he's not due back. In my opinion, personally, I'm not expecting Markel until January, a year after his injury. He's been recovering well, great. So I'm not expecting you to tell me a Markel update until probably December, personally. <clears throat> but then you have a guy like J.I. who's been gone 14, going on 15 months, who I get it. He got hurt last season right after he came back. The, the look of that might be he came back too early. My thing is, man, he might make the same move, God forbid, game one when he comes back. 
And God forbid that knee might buckle again. And, and he might be gone another year. Like you never know with injuries what could happen. So JI is never allowed to do another Euro step for never, the rest of his NBA. Career. Never. Never allowed. But it my thing is me. this. It feels to me, I could be wrong 100%. That's why the front office has to talk to us so they can tell us their thinking. But to me, it feels like they're like, we're going to make sure that knee is so goddamn good that no matter what he does, 8,000 euro steps a game, that knee cannot break. He just can't. But guess what, man? It's basketball. If you're jumping all day long. You might step on someone. You might land awkwardly. You never know. So when your thinking is, we're not going to tell you anything. GI is doing okay. He's rehabbing okay. We've heard, I think, three or four times from the front office since he got hurt last year. Again, in 15 months. That does an average of about an update every three months. And the updates have been the same updates every single time. He's doing well, he's doing well, he's doing well. No setbacks. Well, guess what, buddy? 15 months into an ACL injury, it's a setback in my eyes because Clay Thompson got hurt twice with massive injuries. He's already working out. The, the Warriors are putting up an update every two weeks on this guy. He's doing better. He's doing contact. He's due back somewhere maybe around Christmas. There's a hype being built amongst Warriors fans because they know it's happening. He's posting videos about it. Steph's talking about it. Draymond's talking about it. So, man, there's something happening that the, that the fan base can expect something. With J.I., I'm like, June? Next year? By 2030? Like, I don't know at this point. So, it, it feels like we are in the dark. Again, it feels like we just don't know what to expect. And I don't think it's the right thing to do, not only to us as fans, but the team as well. Like, does, does the team know? That also kind of feel good. Like, guys like Chuma, Franz, they're playing their butts off here, and then all of a sudden, J.I. becomes a starter. Like, that's not fair to them either. Like, there's got to be communication there, which I hope is happening, but... Yeah, I think this, that something's got to change. And um, again, the right thing would be to make a communication and just give us some sort of updates, not timeline, not timeline, not December, nothing. Just what's going on with the recovery. That's I all. think the part that makes it rough is that you had Jonathan Isaac on a podcast say that if it was his choice, he'd be playing right now. That he believes maybe it'll be around December. So you're allowing him to go on Fox News out of all places and, and have this podcast... <laughs> But you cannot talk to your fan base about it. It doesn't make sense. That's all. and they probably the the PR the PR team probably knocked on his door the same way they knocked on Jalen Suggs. Like yo, you can't say that. <laughs> you need permission. All right. So the next pass or shoot. So one of our frequent listeners asked, "Did the Magic get good value in the Vooch, Gordon, and Fournier trades? Looking back, did we win those trades, or is it still too early to tell?" I'm going to pass because personally, I think it's too early to tell. But I will say, I'm, I'm going to do one of yours. I, I shot, got the offensive rebound, and I'm thinking about what to do next. But in my opinion, if you look at the stats of guys like Gordon, Vooch, and Fournier so far with their respective teams, they're not impressive. They're not better than they were doing with us. And Fournier, not for nothing, Fournier has not, I had the stat pulled up earlier, has not played in five out of the last six fourth quarters for the Knicks. This is a guy you're paying $18 million to. This is a Gary Harris situation. Kemba Walker, too, by the way. So, Knicks fans, enjoy that. But look at Aaron Gordon. Not even averaging 14 points a game like he used to average for us. Not, av not averaging more than 10 rebounds a night. So, his stats are not, not something to, to look at and, and be proud of or say, hey, this guy's doing it for us with the money we're paying him. And Vooch, I know I understand why, is now a third wheel 
in Chicago instead of being the man like he was in Orlando. So from that perspective, I think we won. And the value that we got, the salary relief, France has made that trade look amazing. Wendell Carter hitting threes like he is Vooch all of a sudden. Man, like there, there's a lot of things to like, but I do agree a little bit insane. It's too early, in my opinion. But what about you? Um, so I mean, with with the Fournier, because what what did we get back for Fournier in Boston? Two second round picks. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. We take a look at the Chicago deal. I mean, the Chicago already looks solid. Oh yeah. Like Wendell, I was already immediately a fan for. Um, Franz was definitely the biggest surprise in my opinion. Um, this is someone that currently right now has raised in the rookie ladder and is, uh, third on NBA's rookie list right now. He is somebody that surprised everyone. Cause I remember, I remember everyone saying I was one of those people that said, damn, like, did we mess this up? Did we... Did we really mess this up? We could have had this guy. We could have had that guy. We could have did this. We could have did that. We need a shooting. And he is definitely the 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 biggest surprise, the the dark horse that nobody was expecting. He is the outcome of the millions of dollars that we spent on the analytics machine that was supposed to give us an advantage over all these other NBA teams. He was that guy. And so far, it's early. So far, it's panned out. Now, this isn't even including the 2023 pick that we're also the 2023 first round pick that we are also getting from the Bulls. So immediately I take a look at it. 100 percent, 100 percent. We got the Bulls, 100 percent. We take a look at Denver and we get Gary Harris, RJ Hampton. Do we get anything else from that deal? First pick, 25, 25. So, um. I mean, I, I really wasn't high on, on Aaron Gordon to begin with. Um, so I, I, I would still consider that a win on our side. I still like the ceiling that we have from R.J. Hampton. We're still trying to figure out how that dynamic works with, with the roster. And then, you know, that pick from 2025 is something that you're going to add on to the team later on. So I, I think all in all, definitely Chicago, um, <clears throat> Boston, and you you can say this or that. And then Denver, you know, I think Denver is the one that we're still waiting for. I think so, too. But remember, when you look at Fournier, people are like, oh, we got nothing for him. But reality is you traded three months of Fournier. Like, you didn't really trade at Fournier with two years left on his contract. Yeah, he was gone no matter what. So at the end of the day, you got something for him. Now, are we ever going to use those second round picks? Probably not. But again, at least he gave us the minutes to play RJ Hampton last season and things like that that we couldn't have done had him been on our roster. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think when you look at it from, from a, with an open mind, yes, we miss Vooch. Yes, our team was solid for the last couple of seasons, but the ceiling of, of this team now going forward is so much higher than it was before. The flexibility that we have with draft picks and salary cap space, and thankfully the way our draft planned out, I mean, honestly, like you said earlier, I did never expect to see what, what France has done being done until like years from now, two years from now. This kid is playing like a vet right now. The moment Jalen Suggs starts to play to his to his level, it's going to make this draft look amazing for us. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And I, front office did a good job. I said it um, earlier this um, in during the offseason. I am A-OK with them signing a contract extension like ASAP. Oh, yeah. Because um, the team that they've created now, um, it's it's 
ceiling has definitely been increased. <clears throat> just with that contract extension, if we can just put in fine prints, must release, you know, expectations for return from injury. Please. <laughs> have to have to do it. Yeah, for sure. All right. So predictions for the week ahead. We're going to continue our road trip. We got tonight's game against Brooklyn, Saturday in Milwaukee, Monday in Milwaukee, and then Wednesday versus Charlotte. What are your predictions? Tough, tough, tough road trip ahead. I mean, we do come back home and face Charlotte, but, man, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, I think, unfortunately, those three losses, nothing nothing we can do about those, in my opinion, unless something crazy happens. We get a, a Cole Anthony 30-plus game with, with France scoring 30 in that game, too, or 25. Um, so if the team can hit shots, that's the key. Like I said earlier today, if the team can hit shots, we may have a chance and steal maybe one of those three, but probably not. Charlotte's a little bit more doable back home um, right before Thanksgiving. I think there's a possibility on that one. Um, but again, depends on health, depends on our shooting that night. So potentially one and three, best case scenario, two and two, but that would be amazing. Yeah, I see Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Milwaukee going to be really tough. Um, if I was to put my money down, it would definitely be against that Hornets game. Uh, I feel like Cole Anthony just destroys the mo ball every single chance he gets. <laughs> and if it's anything like um, this, you know, this past week, I put twenty dollars on the Knicks um, losing to the Orlando Magic, and I, you know, I got a solid hundred forty dollars from it. Hey. <laughs> so I'm probably going to put some of that investment um, against a Wednesday uh, game against the Hornets. I got the Magic being the Hornets in that game. So it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to see, you know, how they, you know, really fight against, you know, they're, they're facing Kevin Durant and Giannis all in a span of, you know, a few days. So that's, it's, it's going to be a really good challenge. And the person that I'm really going to look forward to watching is going to be Franz Wagner just to see him, you know, go toe to toe with Kevin Durant again and, and get into it with, with Giannis. I think it's going to be a really good experience for him. I was going to ask you, who do you think guards Giannis in that scenario? You think it's Franz? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Throw him out there. <laughs> Throw him out there. Uh, he's he's big enough to where, you know, he can at least uh, match up the out of the best. I, I think I think you do that between Franz and, and Chuma for sure. Yeah. I think they take turns. I mean, you have Wendell too, though, that can take a beating a little bit, but... I think uh, France a little more mobile can stay a little better with with Giannis, but then again, he needs to uh, build up a little more, buckle up. But um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a fun fun game. Uh, and again, France, man, every single night that passes just keeps impressing us. So hopefully that continues throughout the uh, the week ahead. Yeah, definitely. All right, Al, let's close this out. Final thoughts. Jalen sucks, man. I want to see this kid shine. I want to see this kid get the attention that Kate all of a sudden is, is getting after struggling to start his his season. He's not being called hey this is why he was the first round pick this is why he's, he's showing those those flashes now i want to see jalen sucks continue his strong play from the second half yesterday carry over into this big games that we have coming up um again if we can steal a game in brooklyn or a game in milwaukee and he scores 25 26 dude he's gonna be all over espn because he already has that that branding to him so espn wants to showcase him but they need a reason why so i just hope that he stays healthy number one but number two that he's able to have us a big game here in this next four games yeah, it'd be nice to see him have a, a nice little breakout game. Um, he is somebody that, uh, like you said, man, he has that he has that appeal. He's exciting to watch. Um, and I think it's it's only a matter of time. This is a player that, if you take a look at NBA.com's rookie ladder uh, ratings, he fell out of the top 10. 
He did. So it it's I hope he pays attention to that type of stuff because if I'm him, that type of stuff will piss me off. That would give me motivation to want to go out there and, and prove people wrong. So hopefully he uses that as a as a chip. Hopefully he uh, keeps track of that type of stuff. And if he doesn't, you know, hopefully his teammates tell him, hey, man, you ain't top 10. We need to get you up there. Hey, so may, maybe we'll he see. doesn't. And then he takes it away that Cole Langdon took it. Take it into the offseason and come back a beast next season. 100%. Which, again, that that's my that's like my dream scenario. It's like, hey, maybe he struggles this season. It's cool. Work his butt off, butt off in the offseason. Come back next year and look like Cole. And all of a sudden you have yeah, two wing players that dominate. We've seen it happen. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right, man. On that note, let's see how we uh we end up with these uh with these games coming up. And that's a wrap, man. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. <laughs>